Now, it's probably a little bit corny to, to ask this, but if you did have one wish and you could ask for absolutely anything, what would it be? If you had one wish, what would it be? Those of you thinking I'd ask for a thousand wishes or something, yeah, okay, granted, fine. Um, but what would you ask for for your first one? What is it you most want? What would you most ask for? Oh, I've got, I've got a hand up here. Let's have some feedback. Common sense, did you say? <laughs> of course, we have just had 1 Kings chapter 3 read out to us, right? Very famous passage, the wisdom of Solomon. In one sense, we know what the right answer is, if we're Christians here, what to ask God for. But who hand on heart really, if, you know, in the moment for the first, would we have gone with wisdom rather than health or wealth or success? I asked Google about this. Um, listen to some of the responses people put to this question. I thought these were very honest. I'd love world peace, but doubt it's possible. So to be truthful, I'd like our monthly income to go back to what it was before my husband went off work on disability. I don't want to be rich, just want to be comfortable. We were for a while, and I miss it. Here's another one, to be loved back. That's my wish, to be loved back by the one person I have loved since forever. And then they put in brackets, well, that's my wish, but it will remain wishful thinking. I just don't think it can come true. I would wish to have great financial success in the things I am passionate about, writing, speaking, coaching. Another put, I would simply ask for a day of peace and quiet to rest and catch up on much-needed sleep. According to the student room, the top three wishes amongst students were end poverty, equality for every human being, to find true love that would last forever. Across the nation as a whole, the main seven wishes were wealth, success, self-improvement, love, health, happiness, and friends. Wisdom was not mentioned once. Now, I wonder why that is. I'm not knocking, by the way, any of those other answers. They seem very reasonable and understandable. But, like, why is wisdom just so underrated so it doesn't even come up once, so undervalued in the world today, in the church, perhaps in our own lives as we come to church this afternoon? I put it to you that if only we could see just how precious wisdom is, not just human wisdom, but divine wisdom, just how much each of us desperately need it, then this passage, 1 Kings 3 and 4, is just going to come completely alive to us as we see just how willing and eager the Lord God is to give us wisdom right now this afternoon. So four things for us to see from this passage. Yes, four, not three. We're going to see the need for wisdom, the gift of wisdom, the scope of wisdom, and then finally the joy of wisdom. All of it pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's begin with the need for wisdom. So we're on page um, 338, and I want us to see Solomon's answer to this question. He gets asked, if you could ask me for anything, God says, you know, what would it be? And look at what Solomon says in verse 7, page 338. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. 
For who is able to govern this great people of yours? So the first thing to notice here is that Solomon doesn't actually use the word wisdom. Did you notice that? He asks for a discerning heart so he can distinguish between right and wrong because that is what fundamentally wisdom is about. Being able to discern right from wrong in all of life's complexities and difficulties. There is such thing as right and wrong. We desperately need to know it if we're going to live wisely in God's world. And for us to recognize our own human limitations with this, did you notice the way he says, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? Solomon describes himself here in these verses as a little child, even though he's probably around 20 years old, perhaps married, perhaps already with his first son. And he's the king. (laughs) And yet humble enough to recognize his own limited human experience and ability. I do not know how to carry out my duties, he asks. And so where does he look? He does not turn inside himself to find the answers within. He looks outside to God. He recognizes he doesn't have what he takes, what it takes. And says, Lord, give me this discerning heart. Give me this wisdom. This is what I need above all else before wealth and health and success. Your wisdom. Socrates, the famous Greek philosopher, at his trial for heresy in 399 BC, he was asked by his accusers how it was possible that he, who claimed to be the wisest person in Athens, was ignorant of the knowledge that he sought. And Socrates answered that he was the wisest person in Athens because he alone recognized that human wisdom is of little or no value when compared to divine wisdom. I don't know if you agree with Socrates or or not, and please don't get me wrong. Human wisdom can be very valuable. Listening to our parents' wisdom, listening to our grandparents' wisdom, learning from the mistakes of the past. I went into Smith's just the other day, and I saw that James Clear's Atomic Habits continues to sell by the absolute millions and bucket loads, providing practical wisdom for people around the world. I'm not knocking human wisdom at all. But what is being suggested to us here is that there is a limit to human wisdom. Certainly when it comes to the big questions of life and death and suffering and eternity. But also when we find ourselves in overwhelming situations way beyond our own human capacity to bear. For example, I don't imagine for one second that James Clear would be confident of suggesting some atomic habits as a solution to the ongoing conflict in the Middle East. I mean, just think of the volume of human wisdom, political wisdom, military wisdom, humanitarian wisdom that has just gone into trying to find a solution over so many years, all to no avail. Only... Jesus Christ is able to reconcile all things to himself, whether things in heaven or things on earth, by making peace by the blood of his cross, as we learn in Colossians. We need his wisdom for any true and lasting peace there. And look, I mean, let me speak personally, and many of you know that Joe and I have been completely knocked to six this last week. Joe's got stage four, colon cancer. I mean, the wisdom that we are crying out and desperately seeing ourselves that we need 
beyond our capacity to bear. How do we cope with this? How do we plan with this? How do we communicate it to the kids and their different ages? And let me just not speak for myself. You speak for all of you. I know many of you in the church family now, overwhelmed in many areas of life, stretch the limits of what you can bear. Suffering that many people are going through in your own ways. Relational difficulties. Work conflict. And perhaps you're thinking like Solomon, I just don't know what to do. All of us, every single one of us, we need divine wisdom. And the more we see that, the more we have the humility like Solomon to go, oh man, I'm sort of a little child. I desperately need, the more we will turn to God and ask him for wisdom. And that brings us to the second point. This is great news. The gift of divine wisdom. Because what I want us to see in verses 10 to 15 is just how ready and willing and eager the Lord God is to give us, give you, give me wisdom right now. And I say that particularly to any of you here who tend to think of God as hiding from us, of holding things back from you. Just look at the Lord God in these verses with Solomon, taking the initiative with him, appearing to him, speaking to him, saying, ask for whatever you want, and then giving him the wisdom when Solomon asked for it. Just look at the Lord's response in verses 10 to 12. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you've asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. The willingness of God to give him wisdom. He doesn't promise us here, by the way, wealth, health, success. But when it comes to wisdom... That is something he freely gives. Now, if, like me, you think to yourself, hang on a second, I've never had the Lord appear to me in a dream. I've never had the Lord say this to me. Ask whatever you want, you can have it. And if I did see it in a dream, I'd probably wake up and think I'd made it up. This is King Solomon we're talking about. He has a unique figure in the Bible story. King Solomon is a shadow, a picture of the ultimate king, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the greatest Solomon, Jesus Christ, the son of God in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So how can we know for sure that this wisdom is here, that God makes this promise for you and me, ordinary people today? Listen to this verse. It's going to come up on the screen. From the New Testament, from the book of James, the brother of Jesus Christ speaking to the church, if any of you lacks wisdom, any of you, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It is a promise. God says it. He doesn't lie. This gift of divine wisdom is true for us as well. Let's be absolutely clear that this is how God speaks to us today. This is how we encounter God today, primarily through his divinely inspired, breathed out word of God to the church. Here you are in church this afternoon. This is God speaking to you right now. Do you lack wisdom, God says? Ask, and it'll be given to you. Do you want this wisdom? Ask him, ask him now. Ask him in the quiet of your own heart in this very moment. 
And you say, Mark, you don't know the last few weeks what they've been like. I've been running from God in many ways. This is my first time back to church in ages. Actually, the areas of my life where I just, I know God's displeased. I feel like I can't ask him for that right now. Do you see the verse on the screen? You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. The good news of Christianity, the good news of Jesus Christ is he has died on the cross and paid for all our faults, all our sins, all our wrongs, past, present, future. If you believe this to be true, if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have access to God the Father right now, at all times, in all places, no matter what you're going through, you can ask him for that wisdom. You can claim this promise of scripture for yourself. Ask him. Don't hold back. I don't know what might be holding you back. There is nothing holding God back from giving you this wisdom if we ask. So ask. Whatever you're going through, whatever you need right now. The gift of divine wisdom. Thirdly, the scope of divine wisdom. Because for the rest of chapter 3 here and into the whole of chapter 4, we then see this wonderful breadth of wisdom and depth of wisdom and richness to God's wisdom, which unlike human wisdom, there is simply no limit to it. We see this first of all with the two prostitutes in verses 16 to 28 of chapter 3, this heartbreaking story of this accidental death of the infant then this horrific stealing of another person's baby. And then it's one woman's word against the other, no witnesses, who's telling the truth, who is lying. And then we're told in verse 28 that Solomon is able to administer justice in this situation because of the divine wisdom he's been given from God. God who alone sees everything even when we don't. God who alone judges the thoughts and intentions of our inner hearts even when we can't tell where other people are telling the truth or not. I mean, are you facing a complex relational issue right now? Do you sometimes wonder, like, what is right from wrong for me or for them in this particular situation? So much of life is lived in the gray, the complexities, the difficulties. Do you ever doubt that God would be interested in the nitty-gritty and messy details of your little life? This is God we're talking about. This is the first example we are given in Scripture of the wisdom of Solomon. And what is it about? Two prostitutes who would have been despised and looked down upon in Israelite society. Who cares about them? God cares about them and God wants justice to come and for them to know his wisdom. Don't you ever think that God is not caring and concerned with what you are going through right now. Ask him for wisdom and it will be given to you. Then in chapter 4 verses 1 to 19 we see God's wisdom in the ordering and administration of the chief officials and district governors to bring law and order and flourishing to the nation. We may think this is just a boring list of names, and let's skip on to the next section. But if you look at the next section in verses 29 to the end, it's still Solomon's wisdom. This whole section is about Solomon's wisdom given to him by God. So I don't think it's too much of a leap to suggest that in verses 1 to 19, these lists of names is another example of God's wisdom in the ordering and structure of society. 
So if you're an administrator here, if you're a town planner here, if you work in the government here, please take comfort from these verses. God wants to fill you with his wisdom too. For the good of this city, for the good of the whole nation. I often wonder to myself here, just on a church level, you know, without Sarah Diamond, our operations manager, without Hannah Viersma, our parish administrator, you know, would the whole of the church life just come to a grinding halt? We certainly wouldn't have had a weekend away, as wonderful as that was. And I give thanks to God for the wisdom he's given them. And let's be praying for those in administration, inside the church, outside the church, in all levels of leadership, that they would be making wise decisions knowing right from wrong, to administer justice. And then towards the end of chapter 4, we didn't have any of chapter 4 read out, but towards the end we get this beautiful description of God's wisdom impacting all these other areas of life with echoes of Adam in the Garden of Eden. Verse 32, Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life, from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of wools. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish, because there is no limit to God's wisdom. God's wisdom stretches everywhere, to all aspects of life, all across the world, because this is his world. He made it. He knows best for every part of it, from the smallest quark to the giant galaxy and everything in between. Again, I hope this is a huge encouragement to you, whether you're into music or art, nature or space, history or geography, maths or languages, whether you're an artist or scientist, gardener or graphic designer, engineer or electrician, author or orthodontist. God wants to fill you with his wisdom too, whatever your field of work. I saw this week that IBM researchers have recently demonstrated new AI technology that enables them to hijack a phone conversation midstream and replace your conversation partner with a deep fake replica without you being aware of it. Have you heard about this? It's called audio jacking. Coming to a phone conversation soon for you. It is scary, isn't it? The wisdom we need, the divine wisdom that we need to use this incredible invention of light and the power of AI technology for good in God's world and not for evil. But whatever you're facing, whatever your work, wherever it is, in the whole beauty of this world, God's wisdom is there, the scope of God's wisdom for you. Which brings us on finally to the joy of divine wisdom. This is verses 20 to 34. This is the last thing to see. So verse 20 The people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand of the seashore. Echoes here of God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12. They ate, they drank, and they were happy. Because this is what life is like when God's people are ruled by a king with divine wisdom. There is simply no greater joy, happiness, to be found. And not just for them, by the way. For, it's for God's people, right? But flowing out through them to the, whole, to the whole world. Just flick over to the last verse of the section, verse 34, where we read that from all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. This is a picture of what life can be like today 
across the world, here in the city, here in our church, here in your workplaces, your communities, your friendship groups, in the Middle East, when individuals, nations live under the rule of Jesus Christ, God's perfect king with God's perfect wisdom. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, fully human, fully divine, really is the one in whom all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are to be found. So let's get to know him better. How, you say? Here. In the scriptures. In the Bible. This is where we hear about Jesus' life, Jesus' teaching, the way of Jesus, his wisdom. Not just his recorded word in the Gospels, but the whole of the Bible story from start to finish. It all points to him. The very wisdom of God himself, personified. And the more we listen to Jesus in the Bible, the more we follow his teaching in the Bible, the more our hearts and souls and minds are shaped by his way revealed in the scripture, the more we will just grow in this wisdom ourselves. Did you know the Bible continues to be the best-selling book of all time? An estimated 5 billion total sales, 6.4 on average sold every 10 seconds today. No other book has been more scrutinized or attacked than the Bible, and yet it continues to stand the test of time. Why? Because it is full of divine wisdom. All of it pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Written by humans, of course, but each of whom were divinely inspired. If we want to know divine wisdom today, if we want to, it's here. Meeting Jesus Christ in the pages of Scripture, becoming more like him day by day, by faith, in the power of the Spirit, and be made more and more wise. You're not going to find a specific verse for every specific situation you're going to face in life. There is no verse here on AI technology. There is no verse here on cancer. But in here, you will find everything you need to know about Jesus Christ, about life in this world, about how to live rightly, not wrongly, how to suffer well, how to cope with suffering, how to help others in it. Whatever you are going through right now, it is all here. And God wants you to have this wisdom, have it today. As you ask for it, immerse yourself in the scriptures and experience the joy that comes with divine wisdom and living the way God always intended us to live. So there's 1 Kings 3 to 4. Let me encourage us all to be asking God for this wisdom in the week ahead. Let's be immersing ourselves afresh in the way of Jesus in the scriptures. And so whatever you are facing right now, whatever lies for you in the week ahead, please know, don't be alone. God is here. His wisdom is for you. Let me pray that for us now. Let's pray. Father God, we thank and praise you so much that you are a speaking God, that you have revealed to us here in Scripture everything we need, and it's a joy to read of the wisdom of Solomon and how he asked for wisdom, not health and wealth and success, and you freely gave it to him. We know he's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know he is the one in whom all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found today. So help move us by your Spirit to know Jesus better, to be filled with this wisdom, move our hearts to ask for it more and more, to humble ourselves before you, to know the Scriptures better, we will be wise people, and not just for ourselves, for our friendships, our families, our communities, for this city and across the world. And we ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.